You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I'm Bill Powers. Thanks for tuning into Mining Stock Education. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about mergers and acquisitions. If you're following this space, you know that Agnico Eagle and Kirkland Lake Gold are merging. So mergers of equals and acquisitions are in the news again. And that tends to be a good thing for the sector. So I thought it would be a good time to talk to Greg Smith. He's a first time guest. He's the president over at Equinox Gold Corp, a growing mid-tier producer and they're striving for that goal of 1 million ounces of gold production a year. And to do that, they have been merging with equals and uh, Greg oversees uh, what what future production they might acquire. So uh, Greg, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Bill, appreciate it. Let's start the discussion by talking about your current production profile and pipeline at Equinox Gold. Could you please uh, run that through for us? Uh, sure. Well, as you as you mentioned, we have been growing quite quickly, primarily through um, uh, acquisitions, but also through development of our mines and, and portfolio, basically building about a mine a year. Uh, we started with uh, our Mesquite mine, which we acquired in 2018. Then we brought our Arizona mine uh, online in 2019. And, uh, and then we acquired uh, Legal at the end of 2019 and had that then in our portfolio in 2020. And so we've basically gone... I think in 2019, we did around um, 200,000 200, ounces of gold, something like that, moving up to about 400, almost 500,000 uh, last year. This year, we're at about 600,000 ounces of gold. Next year, approaching 800,000 ounces of gold. And as you said, we have a, a vision and, and a goal and a target of getting to that million ounces of production here in the next few years. We do have uh, you know, the portfolio to do that and we're funded to do that. And so that's our plan right now. So how important is acquiring another company or another project to you to reach that goal? Uh, it's not important at all. We can do it with our existing portfolio. We, in um, April this year, closed our acquisition of uh, Premier Gold Mines. That brought the uh, Greenstone project into our portfolio And with that mine coming online in 2024, that's over 200,000 plus ounces of gold production to our account. And that should uh, quite easily bring us to that million ounces of production. So when we see something announced like we saw this morning of Ignico Eagle and Kirkland Lake Gold merging, does that put a damper on potential M&A, let's say, for the next 12 months? Because they have to close this deal and then they're probably, they themselves are not going to be acquiring something immediately after closing that deal. That would be my assumption. Is there any accuracy to that? Or what do you think this deal does for the sector? Well, I think I think your assumption is fair. I mean, that's, this is a big transaction for both companies. They're going to have to, first of all, close the transaction, integrate the companies. I suspect that will take them both out of uh, any kind of material M&A for the next 12 months would be my guess. Um, that's pretty pretty typical. But, uh, you know, for the sector, uh, you know, I'm a fan of mergers of equals. We have done one in the past at Equinox. And, um, you know, it's in this case, it's creating a very large uh, Canadian gold company, third largest gold company in the world, primarily in Canada, uh, otherwise safe jurisdictions. And and so I think for the sector, this is good um, and um, probably will open the doors again to more mergers like this going forward. I remember your chairman, Ross Beatty, a couple of years ago at a gold show said that uh, his advice for junior mining management would be get big and get big as quick as you can. So that's what you've done. So you've been a poster child the last three years for that. 
And uh, is that just, is it the strength of the management team that just attracts other companies, attracts other projects? How do you rise to the top amidst competition? Well, you know, we, we, we basically set a plan and, and then just started to execute on it. And when we first founded Equinox in its current forum, which was late 2017, or really right at the beginning of 2018, you know, the sector was, was just starting to come around. It really hadn't started to run yet. And uh, we saw an opportunity to acquire some assets, put them together, get some scale, and create, you know, a meaningful, profitable, multi-asset gold company quite quickly. And when you looked at the, you know, the flow of funds into the sector, there really wasn't any. If you wanted to generate any kind of investment in your shares, it really had to come through passive investors or the ETFs. And to get into those uh, indices, you needed to have that scale. You needed to have that liquidity in, in your shares. And, and those companies were trading at a premium you know, to, to companies that uh, were smaller and had less liquidity. And so you know, from a risk diversification perspective, from a liquidity perspective, um, and, and just to make the company an investable company, uh, we knew we had to grow, knew we had to grow and had to grow quite quickly to do that. And uh, so really we set a target and, and looked for opportunities that would help us achieve that target. And, uh, you know, we were both, it took a lot of work, but we were also fortunate to find some opportunities that worked for us. And uh, we're able to put together a, a quality portfolio quite quickly. And now we're at the point where we need to execute on some of that development that we've um, acquired into the portfolio. So you said you don't need to acquire in order to reach your goal of a million ounces production per year. However, are you in the market? You're scoping things out at all times, I would assume? Well, so I'd say the answer is no, we're not in the market, but I'll always caveat that, that, you know, if there's an opportunity that presents itself that is, you know, very compelling to us and we think would benefit the company and our shareholders and make sense, you know, those are the types of things that we have a responsibility to look at, in my opinion, and and of course, would continue to look at them. You know, we, we, once we acquired legal, we did not have any immediate plans to do another acquisition in uh, 2020. And, um, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic and it was challenging to get M&A done during that period. But the, uh, the premier gold mines uh, opportunity, again, it presented itself and uh, was one that we had very high conviction on. And so we put a lot of effort in quite quickly to get that transaction done and, and very pleased to have been able to do that. But it wasn't necessarily something we've been planning to do. Dore Copper Mining is a premier, near-term, high-grade copper and gold redevelopment opportunity with tremendous exploration potential only 14 kilometers from the town of Shibugamu in mine-friendly Quebec. Dore Copper is debt-free and owns a 2,700-ton-per-day mill with an 8-million-ton tailings facility ready to be used. There is already power to site and it is accessible by paved highway and rail. Dore Copper aims to produce a profitable hub-and-spoke operation of over 100,000 gold equivalent ounces per year or over 60 million pounds of copper equivalent by 2024. Because of the existing infrastructure and location, a low capex is anticipated to recommence production. Dore Copper trades under DCMC in Toronto and under DRCMF on the OTC. To learn more, go to DoreCopper.com. That's DoreCopper.com. Is it hard to acquire outside of Canada for, for your company right now because of the pandemic or have the travel restrictions and things subsided to where you can actually go look at projects all around the world? Yeah, we're able to navigate uh, going to look at projects again. And, and certainly we have our own people back at our projects in Brazil and Mexico and the United States. Things, things are certainly starting to open up again. Greg, could you talk about your uh, process of due diligence when you're looking at a project? What are you looking for? 
What are you looking out for immediately? Well, you know, up until, I guess, the, the Premier Gold Mines deal, we were looking for operating assets. And um, we were looking for things that would meet our criteria, which, you know, is it going to be accretive on, you know, multiple measures? And we always look on a per share basis. Is it going to be accretive on a per share basis to our reserves and resources, to our net asset value, to our cash flow per share, uh, all, all of these different metrics to find things that are going to add value in the long term to Equinox shareholders and be a win for whoever we're acquiring as well. And uh, so that's, that's first. Is it, a, is it a, an accretive transaction in a jurisdiction that we like at a scale that makes sense for us? And we have been focused on, on operating assets. And of course, it's got to be a, a transaction that's achievable, right? The price has to make sense and the, and the management team on the other side has to kind of believe in in uh, the transaction and, and, and believe that it can create value for all shareholders. So, you know, those were, were, were really the, the opportunities we looked for. You know, uh, the, the premier transaction was a little bit different because it was a non-operating asset. Really, the target of it was what they were calling the hard rock asset and, and what we call the greenstone asset now. And that was a um, just an incredibly rare opportunity where we saw, you know, a, a a project of significant scale with, you know, the permitting in place, with a team in place, with the social and, and community support agreements in place, great infrastructure in Canada at a value that was very attractive to us. You know, those kind of opportunities are extremely rare. And so that was one where once we, we, we realized and kind of were able to kind of uh, assess that opportunity, you know, you ask about due diligence. Well, we had, you know, both our internal people and external engineers on a plane at the site as quick as we could, um, crawled all over it, did a whole bunch of desktop work as well, uh, went through all the engineering, all the costing, everything, uh, resource estimation, the reserve model, and, um, you know, and, and, and obviously got very comfortable with the project. And so a situation like that where it's a rare opportunity, high conviction, you want to move quickly and you, and you want to get, you know, as much due diligence as you can done as quickly as you can to execute on that deal. And that was one where we just saw a window there where that opportunity wasn't, wasn't going to be around forever. And uh, we wanted to make sure we were part of it. And jurisdictionally, are you still focused in the Americas or are you looking all over the world? The Americas is where we're all of our minds in the Americas right now. We've, you know, we're branding ourselves and orienting ourselves as the premier America's gold producer. So it's, it's obviously our focus uh, my whole career has been in the Americas, uh, but we do have a lot of people on the team that are, you know, have worked in West Africa, have worked in Australia or from Australia. Um, and so we could branch out of the Americas. Again, the, the opportunity would have to be so compelling, you know, that, that we really had to look at it. Um, so I don't want to paint us into a corner, but absolutely our, our focus is on the Americas and I suspect will continue to be. On the promotional side of mining stocks, we often throw out the world the word world-class quite easily. I believe Bristow defined it as uh, half a million ounces of production, at least a 10-year mine life in the lowest quartile of production costs, if I remember that correctly. Would that be your definition? And how would, or how would you clarify what a world-class project is? Well, that definition of a world-class project is, is, is accurate, I guess, to the extent that those are extremely rare. I mean, those are incredibly difficult to find. I think Barrick owns most of them already. Um, and so, of course, that, that is a world-class project. But because they're so rare, I think you have to broaden that definition a little bit. You know, you look again at our Greenstone project. It's going to do over 400,000 ounces per year. It's got a 14-plus year mine life. 
you know, the cash costs and all in sustaining costs are under $700 once it's built. You know, it's in a great jurisdiction uh, in not just in Ontario, but in Canada. Um, I consider that a world-class asset. And, um, and so, you know, certainly meets my definition, but maybe not, not quite getting to where Bristow is on his, but I think close enough. Maybe he'd call it a tier one asset. Tier one, I think is, is totally fair also. Yeah. And would you consider a tier two asset to add to your production uh, pipeline? Again, it depends on the circumstance. You know, we, you know, Mesquite, I think is a good example. We acquired that mine in 2018. It had been operating since the eighties. The market kind of assumed it was near the end of its life. Uh, We acquired that and, you know, have already recovered all of the capital we spent to buy it in free cash flow. We've now refreshed the fleet. We've extended the mine life. We're permitting some additional pad space. I think that mine's going to continue to operate, you know, five, even 10 years beyond today. And so, you know, that mine certainly when we acquired it would not be considered a tier one asset, but it's it's been an incredibly uh, great asset for us. It was an excellent uh, allocation of capital for the company and, and has been a real winner for us. So I, I look for value and, and opportunities where I think we can create value. It doesn't necessarily need to be tier one. Okay. And before you go, Greg, uh, could you make the value proposition to my audience? Why invest in Equinox Gold right now? Well, I mean, our valuation, you know, we've, we've done all these, all these transactions. We've developed these projects. We've, we've had just incredible growth. We've got a lot more growth to come. It really hasn't been reflected in our valuation or in our share price, which is you know, very disappointing, obviously, to me as a shareholder and our management team and, and our shareholders as well. Uh, but it's also an opportunity today. You know, we're trading at the very low end on a, on a price to net asset value as compared to our peer group. Yet we have one of the large, largest reserves and resource bases of our peer group. We have one of the uh, most significant growth profiles, which will take our production to the very top of our peer group. You know, we've got one of the best insider ownership um, uh, situations as compared to our peer group. You know, Ross is our, our chairman and also our largest individual shareholder. All of us in the management team are shareholders. And so, uh, you know, I think we're very aligned with, with our shareholders to create value here. And as we, we bring on our Santa Luz mine uh, early next year, we'll have first gold pour there. As we advance Greenstone through construction, you know, we're fully funded to do that. We're going to be uh, moving up that production uh, curve. Our costs are coming down. I think it's inevitable that we're going to start to see that value reflected in our share price. And, you know, we don't need to raise equity. We've got almost a half a billion dollars in, 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 um, in uh, marketable securities on the books. We've got 300 million in cash, 200 million available under our uh, revolving credit facility. So we've got a very strong balance sheet, a great portfolio, a development plan to get to a million ounces. And, you know, again, we're trading at, at, uh, at uh, the lower end of our peer group. So I do think there's a, a good opportunity here. We're going to have some good news flow over the next you know, six months, especially with Santa Luz coming online early next year. And um, I just think it's a great value opportunity for uh, certainly for new shareholders coming in and for existing shareholders to increase their positions. Excellent. Well, the company is Equinox Gold Corp. If you follow the sector, you've already heard of it. I'll put links to the website, the presentation and the ticker symbols in the show notes. Greg, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks a lot, Bill. Appreciate it.
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited. And they just spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.